If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Welcome to the Colossians 3.1 podcast. Whether you've been a Christian your whole life or are new to the faith, we invite you to join our discussion as we dive into theology, objections to the faith, common questions, and hot topics in an effort to better know, love, and follow Jesus Christ. Hello and welcome to the Colossians 3-1 podcast. Uh, I am your co-host, uh, Jared Jernigan. And uh, with me as always is uh, the other co-host, Barrett Jackson. Yippee! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, with us as well is our panel of speakers. We have uh, seekers, not speakers. We're all speakers. Speaker seekers. <laughs> we have... Do- Anybody can be the speaker right now. <laughs> we have Dr. Sam Draper. Yep, yep. And Zach Rimsberg. Glad to be with you. So uh, tonight uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about um, versions of the Bible. You know, it's kind of a time of year when people are starting out. We're, you know, we're starting out you know, trying to be real strong on reading our Bibles, but... You start getting, and I went through this with my daughter tonight. She couldn't understand, you know, well, this says, you know, we, we said, well, we're, are we going to do ESV or um, NLT? And she said, I thought we were GCC. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, there, there's just so, you know, and it's something I think like probably if you grew up in this tradition, you know, uh, 30, you know, in the last 30, 40 years, you probably grew up re- reading a lot of the NIV, the New International Version. Uh, somewhere when I was uh, doing Bible study stuff in, in college, it was the New Revised Standard Version that was kind of the, the, you know, in the scholarly circles, that was the standard. And then the English Standard Version kind of became a big thing. Here, more recently, our church has moved to the New Living Translation. What does it all mean? <laughs> that's, a, that's a loaded question. Now, that's that's why a, we do them, right? a fun one. If, okay. if King Jimmy version was good enough for Paul, it's good enough for me. <laughs> and that drives me insane. So I have to bite my tongue on that one. Before we get into that, then what what did you decide? GCC, NLT, or ESV? <laughs> <laughs> and you, why? What yes. what what makes you guys pull one versus the other? Well, I honestly I'm still getting used to the NLT so I went with that because I'm kind of wanting to just dig into it and learn a little bit more I don't know that I have a decision but you know I mean I do know that I grew up on the NIV and I mean a lot of my faith is based in what I learned there so that's great but when I went to college and granted that was you know I didn't I wasn't going to a Christian school so this was looking at religion through secular eyes but I still feel like I learned so much reading that New Revised Standard Version. And there were times I'd go back home, and our church still used the NIV, and I'd read a, read a passage, and I'd be like, that doesn't make any sense. And then I'd go grab my NRSV, and I'm like, okay, thank you. You know, this is, and I've heard people, you know, that would talk, well, that's much closer to the Greek. It's, it's a great version. So we're doing the New Living Translation right now, but I think it's it's kind of a learning process. And when I'm really trying to dig into um, Bible study, I try to keep two or three at hand. Yeah. Because if I'm not sure what that said, well, let's look at the other one. Good and, practice. you know, I, I always try to make sure that's not like, well, I didn't like that one. That's... Right. <laughs> you know, like, 
let's see if God let's see if God says it better with. Although that. yeah, you know, I'll I'll be the one to say it. You can say that on a few. Okay, well that's that's not fair. the Bible as a whole, but there are some poor right. translations in okay. certain yeah. texts. There are but poor. I, I just think I I am fairly confident, and I think you guys have probably put more thought into this than I have. That some are stronger in some places than others, you know. So it's like I'm really struggling with this one here. Well, let's let's pull two or yeah. three others. And I mean, I, I would bet I have probably at least five different translations in my home. Some of them I don't think have been opened in years, but they're they're, they're still there, you know. Well, so the the various books of the Bible were originally written in either Greek or Hebrew. Yes. Yeah. Were and there any some in Aramaic? Aramaic. Yeah, and some Aramaic. So I think that's kind of important to. to to, you know, establish as a baseline. Now, one qu- one question I have is like, is every version taken from the original language, or or are there interpretations that are, you know, do do the writers say take the NIV and then interpret it into the message? Can, you mind if I and then you fill in? Because yeah, I've had ahead. this conversation I think six times in the last like four weeks probably oh. with people asking All me. Right. I'm sorry I asked well, you that no, many, but like, sorry I asked you that many times. Well, <laughs> now, if there are people already listening to the podcast and they've already heard you, so let somebody else know. Well, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but no, I have, I mean, I have friends and stuff that are, there's attempts to, to dig in and people, they grew up in traditions where, well, my grandpa said if it didn't the KGB then, or KJV, then uh, it, that, that there's no truth in it, you know, this type of thing. And so this has been coming up a lot. I, um, there's a long, detailed history answer to this whole thing on why there's so many versions, and then and a complicated one, and then there's a there's a simple one. I, Sam will probably have dates, specific dates, and more names memorized than I will be my guess. I, um, I don't church and history and all that stuff. Dates and names I have in a broad, a very broad thing, but specifics is not necessarily my my specialty. But why are there so many? Is that general? Is that is that what you want to know? Yeah, why are there so many? And what are the differences? Are on, they ever translated yeah. off of an already translated version? So I, I'll version. just start with, I'll be that guy. I am not a major fan of the NLT when it comes to teaching or studying. If you're trying to learn something or you're teaching from it from even the pulpit, and I... I say that openly, and that's not a surprise to anybody who's ever talked to me. I'm not. A, I'm not an NLT advocate in those areas. Not that it doesn't have its place, okay? Because it does. But just to answer that question directly, like the NLT is a translation, which it gets confusing for people who don't understand because this is a translation too, but it, they end in a V for version. So version generally is the translation from the original languages. There's they're using Greek manuscripts, Hebrew manuscripts for the translation. The NLT, although it has the word translation in it, doesn't reference directly to the original language manuscripts. It references, I believe, the a French and Latin Bible. I believe that that is translated from the original language, but it's secondhand, right? It's not direct. And point? I may be I may be miss I can't remember, but it's not, there's no direct, like, you read your NIV, you read the NASB, the King James, the New King James, the ESV, they are, they have the manuscripts, the, the Greek and the Hebrew is referenced, and in the NLT it's not. It, they're referencing another translation of a Bible that was from, so it's, you're getting just a different language. It's, it's translated twice. 
And yes, it's secondhand. And and it's, again, it's not that it's bad. That's not what I'm saying. But there are things that are, I don't want to say lost either, because that's really not a fair, okay. fair word. So, to, to your point about the NLT, the NLT uh, is a translation from the Hebrew and the Greek. Now, it's a project that was aiming to revise the Living Bible, which is a personal paraphrase. Okay, so, so because that's that's another thing about this, you have family trees of these things. Yeah. That's so nice. the Living Bible um, is a paraphrase by uh, Kenneth N. Taylor in 1971, and he used the American Standard Version, and then so he took an English translation and paraphrased it to make it more readable. Then the New Living Translation is trying to keep the stylistic, you, you know, the kind of the way, the ease of use in the Living Bible, but it was actual translation. Um, so, I see. So it's still, it's still, it's, it is, it's directly from the Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic, but with the style of the New Living Bible. Of the Living Bible, yeah. Sorry, the Living Bible. Yeah. So, so when you're and the, the there's the other major paraphrase is the message, uh, Eugene Peterson, um, which that's a paraphrase, not a not a translation. So when when you're translating, knocked out the Sermon on the Mount in less than ten minutes, he says in his article. If you read that, oh, what what <laughs> the Sermon on the Mount? Yeah, Eugene Peterson came up with his message on the Sermon on the Mount. He Re-paraphrased it, re-translated it, however he, whatever term he's less than ten minutes all it took him. He thought, "Oh, that I worry. should just do this for the whole thing." That worries me. <laughs> it should worry you. It legitimately should worry you. Like if if somebody writes a song in less than ten minutes, that's amazing. But that's yours. Yeah, it's not trying to say what Jesus said. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and yeah, there's there's times when summarizing or paraphrasing. Has its has its place, but yeah, for the Bible, I wanna I want as close to the original as, as possible. So, when you're taking from one language to another, especially these ancient languages, you're gonna you're gonna run into challenges because, uh, for example, they don't use the same rules of grammar that we do, noun verb. You know, in Greek, because it's a tense language, you can have the verb at the beginning. Yeah, eclectic. Yeah, and, and change things around. Mm. So, so translators have to make a decision. Do we want it more as closer to the style of the original, um, which often makes for more clunky kinds of writing or do we want what's called a dynamic equivalence where we try to smooth it out so it's more readable now if you if you check uh you look online and you see the different so nasb esv uh these are more difficult to read they're they're said at like a higher grade level like a 11th or 12th grade reading level where the niv is more like a sixth grade reading level 
Which, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then there's, there's you don't sell yourself short. Oh, and, and certainly when it comes, short though. <laughs> there's times when you're reading through the Psalms where you want you want to capture the beauty of the poetry, and not a clunky English word, you know, word for word type of thing. But there's other times, like in Paul's writings, where those little nuances of which word he's emphasizing really matter and can, can kind of change your understanding, you want it to be more like the original. So, um, But the other challenge you have is the translators have their biases. So, for example, I grew up on the NIV. NIV was very popular. A lot of resources, like, uh, you know, you're making fun of the book that I have my computer monitor on. It's one, it's one of the concordances I have that you can look up in a concordance for this word and it'll show you how many times and where it's used in the NIV. So it doesn't work with the NASB because it that uses different words sure. for translating things. So, so you have all these resources that are keyed to the NIV. You have another set of resources that are keyed to the King James because that is free. <laughs> you don't have to pay some company um, for the rights to use that. Sure. So, but then the NIV did something in the early 2000s. They came up with the TNIV. Today's new international version. And one of the things they did was they, they made some changes for inclusivity. So when Paul writes brothers, I greet you or something like that, they changed to brothers and sisters. I greet you. Okay. That's, that's fine. But there was a big fuss raised because now you're getting to slippery slope. Where are we going from? You know, now we're not calling God Father or not using uh, masculine pronouns for God. And are you going to get all goofy with that? So people weren't that enthused with the NIV and, or the TNIV. And it, it flopped. Well, then a little bit later, they made those same edits to the NIV. But they didn't tell anybody. Whoa. So I'm preaching from the NIV. And, you know, I've got my Bible software on my computer with the NIV 1984 version. Sure. But then I'm copying from this internet source for the PowerPoint and stuff. But that's the NIV 2011. And I didn't, it's, just, it's the NIV. We right? ran into this at home. Yep. So then we're, then I'm people are telling me while I'm preaching, it's like the words up there aren't matching the words you're reading. Well, because I, I trusted the NIV on the computer would be the NIV that I'm reading from, you know. So that really turned me out. Because even if the, the ch changes they made were not, they're not a matter of theology or matter of salvation, you know, it's still, it's like, okay, people didn't like the changes you made before, so now you're going to stealth do it and not tell anybody and then 
So that all of that put me off. And about that time, the ESV was coming out. The ESV kind of... Well, that uh, was a response to that. But it, Dr. James Dobson was the kind of the spearhead of the ESV. I'm pretty sure it was in response to that movement it, it, of inclusiveness and gender neutral, neutrality. So yeah, that was like in the you Bible. said around 2011, 2012. Well, that was when TNIB, but the, the ESV started late 90s, came to be first published maybe 2001 or something. I mean, it's yeah. it was before the TNIB, but this push in scholarship for the people who are, in, who are doing the translations, these committees had already pushed. And, and yeah, because these things take yeah, a it takes long forever time. to do this. I mean, oh, yeah. well, hopefully. So, I'm pretty sure James Dobson was the one, and then it, then they had the committee of of many different people, and and that's how the ESV came to be. Yeah. So anyway, I got a I got a free ESV study Bible at a conference I went to. So I started using that. Well. Depending on who you talk to, there's there's problems with the ESV almost going so far the other way, um, translating things to support a uh, uh, view of men and women that is more patriarchal in nature and more in line with what's called complementarianism, that men and women have these separate roles um, and, and so there's, so basically people talk about how there's, there's this bias of, you know, you have this patriarchal bias and you're translating according to that bias. So then, oh, no, I, I, I skipped one. I was, there was also a time when I was in a NASB, which is probably what would be one of my favorites for study but for preaching wise, it's clunky. It's hard to it's wooden. Yeah. yeah. And so then John started using the New Living Translation because it is designed for more ease of of use, ease of reading. And so your your translators are constantly trying to balance this as faithful to the text as possible, but as readable in modern English as possible. And then they have their biases that impact. And let's be honest, there's also money to be made. Sure. So you have Zondervan. What's well, the reason it's the number one selling book for like yeah. the last, as long as it's been around? So you have like Zondervan with the NIV, Crossway with the ESV, Thomas Nelson with the KGB. Well, the, yeah, the in, New, in, New, in, yeah. New King James. Who does the E? The CS, CEV, Contemporary English Version. Um, yeah. I, not off the top of my head. So. I've never heard of the CEV. There's a lot of them that you've probably never heard of. And what's funny is, you know, um, and Sam can jump back in and steal his point, but I was, I find it interesting because somebody, one of the conversations I got on was like, you know, going back to this King James Version thing that I was. And guy was like, oh, my grandpa, that's what it has to be. I can't believe you used the New King James. New King James Version is my everyday choice, right? I love the ESV personally. I am also a major fan of the NASB. Um, and then the NIV pre, you know, 1984, pre-2000, when they started making the changes, I'm an NA, and I was an NIV guy, and that's still one of our, my primary things too. But uh, 
It's funny how the King James Version actually came to be. Um, if you think of, uh, you know, 16th century, 17th century, 16th century it would have been, I guess, not 17th, but uh, uh, Queen Elizabeth and Mary Tudor were battling. You had the whole Protestant Reformation thing, the Catholicism, the, the, the Protestants, this whole battle. And you had the Geneva Bible, which was put together, uh, Sam, was it, um, not Cloverdale, Coverfield, does that sound familiar to you? Martin, is it Martin or Michael Coverfield? And then you had no. John Knox was uh, one of the contributors to the Geneva Bible and one of John Calvin's brother-in-laws. And they, those, they formed a little committee and wrote the Geneva Bible. Then you had the Bishop's Bible, which you can imagine what that was coming from at that time. So you had Protestant version, then you had a Geneva, or you had the So they, it was called the Geneva Bible, the Bishop's Bible, and King James, the, well, it was James I, was tired of dealing with the drama. Mm -hmm. So he wanted a version that could be used regardless of your affiliation, essentially. So... Long story short, 1611, you had the, the King James Version, yada, yada, yada. It turned into the authorized version, the revi then it got the revised version, then it was the American Standard Version or the American Revised Version, then the new American... I mean, you just keep adding yeah, so letters like there's, and... There's family and, trees. And the, yeah, and the other thing... And then some people, there's versions that are, are uh, responses to another version or, you know, the like the Holman Christian Bible even was primarily for the Southern Baptists at one point in time and, and it has its own things. And every 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 translation you can nitpick things that aren't that great or or could be better. But um, part of the reason why there's new versions too that, that a lot of people don't understand is that one, to Sam's point, English changes, adapts, language adapts and changes. We don't talk like they talked in 1611. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we don't even talk like they talked yeah. in 1960. The, the French don't talk like they talked then. Every, everything changes, so you keep up so people can understand what the way language is. But then also, since the beginning, I mean, you continue, and the major the major hull was in 1947, the Dead Sea Scrolls, but you've had papyri discoveries, archaeological discoveries with manuscripts that continue to lend itself to needing to update. You have all these, major, these textual criticism categories yeah. where you, you want to make sure things are what they're supposed to be and get so, translated accurately. So a quick, quick version of that. So King James Version was written according to, was translated from the manuscripts they had at that time. Yeah, Textus Receptus is what it was. Yes. Since then, we have found a lot of other older manuscripts. Lots. Okay. So, the newer ones are based off of these majority older texts. Makes sense. Which is why when you read through the Bible, sometimes you'll see a little note. Some Bible translations include yeah. this verse. It'll say in you a lot too, Nestle along Greek, and then... Yeah. What? Say that slower? There'll be like an in you in the margin, and it'll be like, in you omits this or something. And that's the... the I forget what version they're on now, like the Nestle Alund, or Nestle, however you pronounce it, Alund, whatever. The Greek New Testament, they're... Like the 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 best, like this is this is our our best understanding to, of yeah. the original, as close as we can come, reasonably come. So, anyway, that's why, like, for example, in John eight, the yeah. uh, the woman being 
being stoned and Jesus writes in this, you know, that wasn't in the oldest ones. Yeah, like like mine's New King James. I'm just in Matthew 22, and it says like 25, 30, in you omits, take him away, and. like, And sometimes they add words to help it flow that the original Greek doesn't have and or yeah. the whole or thing. Or if it came from the second. It, yeah, it could be from previous less. Newer manuscripts. Right? No, the newer ones are the better ones because well, they're actually older. Well, this <laughs> the is new, a, the newer ones are the older ones. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, it's not that somewhat it's Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, it's not that. Dang it. <laughs> so, so that that's why that's why you have some major differences between King James and the uh, the newer translations because because uh, newer translations are based off of manuscripts that that we believe are closer to the original. Yes. Now, between the newer manuscripts, NIV, ESV, CSB, now you're getting to stylistic differences yeah. because they're they're mostly using the same the same text that they're translating right. from. It's just a matter of okay, what grade level, what style is more readable? Is it more true to the uh, to the original form? And it's helpful to have a variety. One of the great things, uh, BibleGateway.com. I, I that's what I use even more than my my handheld Bible, because I can pull up the NLT, the ESV, and the the NASB, and I can read the same passage in each one and say, okay, you know this one. You know, if they're all saying the same thing, just about, I'm like, okay, then there's a pretty clear understanding. If one is like, oh, that that one's looks diff like significantly different, then I know now I need to get into my Greek. I need to go see what the original. And then I have a, the another Bible app or Bible website, BibleHub.com. Because I can easily pull up a what's called an interlinear, which has the English on top and then the Greek on the bottom, and it'll kind of show me, okay, you know, is this a noun, a verb, a participle? And it can help me, you know, since I haven't kept up my Greek skills through constant translate, making my own translation, it can kind of help me... Uh, dig into that and see is there something there that I need to be aware of most of the time there isn't the English translations we have are pretty good like I'm not going to go and do my own translation and realize oh my goodness for 2,000 years we've missed this one crucial thing that changes everything <laughs> No, we're getting into stylistic differences. Yeah, there's no doctrine hanging on the edge of a cliff on any of them. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're, that's not the issue. I think, like, myself and, I, and probably some listeners are saying, though, where, where, what should I go? Where should I go? What, what version should I focus on as just a daily reader? Well, one that's easy and you can understand would be what I would say. I mean... <clears throat> I, yeah. And I, I would say to Zach's point, um, in the last two nights in our, you know, two evenings in our family reading, um, our seven-year-old, who previously we've been like, just hang around. 
while we're reading. We want you near. We get it. You're not going to yeah. follow all the nuance of this. She has asked, and she has read us a chapter each night of the New Living Translation. So I'd say we're going to stick to that for family. Yeah, th- and, and again, my... Oh, I know, I know. Yeah, I am I not knocking, don't ever read the NLT. If I pulled up my app right now, it's on one side mm-hmm. of my things that I... But I will to. also say, there are things that it says, I'm like, why does it say it that way? Yes. Because every time it says the teachers of the law, I always have to say the teachers of the religious law. And I'm say, like, say that slower. Okay. I, I will say, why does it say that? Because every time Jesus says the teachers of the law, it will say the teachers of the religious law. Well, I'm a journalist. I want, you know, and, I, and I'm a Hemingway fan. I want, I want you know... Fewer words, the better. So I'm like, I know that's what you mean. Stop saying religious. But my seven-year-old might not. So I'm glad. Yeah. To, I'm to glad she's getting it. It's not, okay, these are lawyers in the American right. sense of. Right. So, so I am very happy early on with the results, you know, in that I think she's getting something out of it for the first time. I mean, not that she hasn't gotten things out of, you know, kids' Bibles and, and Sunday school and all of that, but I'm like, I think she's getting something out of family Bible reading time, oh, and that's amazing to me. Absolutely. But when I sit down for my own reading, I don't know, I'm probably going to still be the guy that keeps at least two versions at hand, because if I'm not sure what that said, then I'm going to grab the next that's, one, and that's it might clarify That's always my recommendation, to have a minimum of two. Have yeah. a formal, which is the more literal, and have mm-hmm. the Dynamic equivalent, yeah, sort of the meaning to meaning versions. Right. Well, NIV because I, you know, I, I've I've seen the side, you know, the side by sides, which is great. But I think you know, having it in a more digital form, that it's not just these two. It's well, like, yeah. well, I have any and, number. And and let's be honest, Bibles can be very expensive. Oh yes. Like it's a racket, mm-hmm. and it it pisses me off. Yeah. Because you know, I understand like for a study Bible. But for, I mean, even for a simple, just, you know, a plain leather bound with the text. Yeah, there's $60. Yeah, it's insane. So that's why digital, I know you don't like digital all that often. but The only reason I don't like digital is because you know as well as I do, the majority of people sitting in the pew aren't hitting mute notifications. So we're on our digital, supposed to be in the Word of God. Ooh, who just scored that touchdown? Or whatever the case, yeah, you know that's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's something about just hearing. I know it's happening because I know it's happened to me. People digging in and not being distracted. You know, mm-hmm. not that there's anything sacred about this leather-bound cover, but yeah, but it doesn't have all the other apps. It is different. It's, yeah. it's yeah. different. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's there's things that you know. Yeah, if you're gonna get a study Bible, yeah, get one that's. That has what you are looking for. If you're looking for more devotional, are you looking for more study like this ESV study Bible? It's more of a history and you know different types of interpretation stuff. Get one that you can read. Oh, so often the print is so small. Mm-hmm. Like I, people have asked me about a large print. It's like yeah, we have a large print. It's it's like this is still tiny. <laughs> so apparently, so, giant print is the new thing I've learned. Yeah, Kate's large print Bible is like. Well, I have a note taking Bible that I I love, and I think you guys can see. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Where's your pink one? Huh? Where's your pink Bible? Yeah, where's your cranberry color? (laughs) It's at home. That's that's my that's my NLT. So that's Ah, the one I'm reading with the family. It's yours. And which one's this one? Which is mine. That is an ESV. So you know, one of the other the other things is you see how they have paragraphs with 
you know, there's three or four verses in them. Mm -hmm. You know, that's some of the other differences in the versions. This Stan was talking about stylistic. You open my New King James, every yep. verse has its own Everything paragraph. Everything looks like a poem. Everything, yeah, it's the yeah, poem. Yeah, that's... Yeah. To yeah. me, <laughs> I like much better. I can, I can. I, can. I, I like much better. Yeah, I think it that makes it so much easier to take things out of context. Oh, I disagree. Well, because I, I know you're one who, who understands study and context, yeah. but for the average person, you see all these separations, you think, oh, okay, just like Proverbs, oh, that's just one... One little nugget. I don't need the, the rest of it. Yeah. Okay, because we're running out of time here, according to Wikipedia, uh, through December 2022, the top five best-selling translations in America, the NIV, the ESV, the NLT, the CSB, which is the Christian Standard Bible published by uh, Holman, um, Holman... Yeah, successor to the Holman Christian. Yeah, that's Bible. the yeah, and the King James still holding that. So All these years, oh, it will. No, oh, I know. So of those five, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna have any of those five. You're gonna, you're gonna hear from God. Reading through, amen. Okay, um, the the rest is more of a style preference. You know, what's, what is the job you want this tool to do? You know, is it for devotional? Is it family devotional? Is it for study? And um, try not to pay more than you have to for these. <laughs> and do not buy the New World Translation, the Jehovah's Witness Bible. The Mormon translation of the King James. Those are all ones you don't want to do deal with. Yeah. And with that, <laughs> <laughs> any Mormons right. or Jehovah's Witness listening can email me directly. Well, and I think that about takes care of us for the night. So I uh, thank you uh, once again for joining us here on the Colossians three one podcast.